0: You know, last week I started a new series called Measure What Matters, because I think it's really important as we begin a new year for us to kind of stop for a little bit and measure how we're doing on some things that matter to God. And last week I talked about using your influence, your gifts, your personality, your your, your talents, whatever you already have in your hand to stir others to seek Jesus. And we measured on our outlines how we're kind of doing. We, we, we're taking measurements in this series. How we're doing next to the priorities of the Christ of the cross. Christ has set some priorities for his church, for his family. That we're to go into all the world and, and make more and better disciples. And so we're measuring how we're doing that with our gifts and our talents. All the resources that God has given us. And I want to talk with you in part two of this series today about using your time to serve others. Not only your influence, but your time. Your time, like your influence, matters to God. Because the time you spend serving others will bring life to them and life to you. Did you hear that? The time you spend serving others will bring real true abundant life to them and to you you want life you want the abundant life that jesus has promised it comes from using your time to serve others so today we're measuring how we're doing it, setting aside our time to serve others how we're doing it being the actual hands and feet of jesus How are we doing at making more and better disciples by serving other people with our time? Because serving matters to God. Serving matters to the greatest servant of all time, the Christ of the cross, who came to serve you and me, who came as a baby, not as king of kings and lord of lords. He's coming back that way, amen? But he came... And he served, and he served, and he served on the cross. And he's calling you and me, his followers, to serve like him. Serving matters to Jesus. But to really begin serving, we've got to get in the right lane. We've got to get into the slow lane. To really begin to serve, like on the freeway, the left lane is the fast lane. How many like to live in the fast lane? pastor larry does (laughs) so many of us on the freeway love the fast lane and yet the right lane is called the help me out the slow lane all right but you see the problem is that many of us only live in the left lane the fast lane we live our lives at high speeds the problem is we kind of swish past everyone as we rush to get where we want to go. Most of the time, we're moving so fast that we can't look around. We're in the fast lane. I can't take my eyes off the lane. There's cars here, cars there. I'll get myself in trouble. When you're in the fast lane, you can't look around. So we keep our eyes on our destination as we speed through life without noticing that people in the lane right next to us, the slow lane, might be in trouble or we don't even think that we have the time to slow down and stop to help them now i believe with all my heart that most of us want to help we want to serve others but if we're ever going to really start serving we got to switch lanes we've got to move out of the fast lane we got to begin to move and merge into the slow lane Because it's only in the slow lane that you've got time to see, really see, and really slow down and serve others. How many times have you sped by somebody in the freeway that's in trouble? Come on, let's be honest. Shirley's in the seat. Nobody has. Yeah, Shirley, slow down. Larry, stop. Help them. Sometimes I just keep going. Maybe you wanted to help, but you're going so fast it was too late. Listen, if life is all about your happiness, all about your goals, all about your dreams, all about your experiences and and your destinations, your desire for whatever you perceive to be great, if your life is all about that, you're living in the wrong lane. You're in the fast lane. One day Jesus talked to his disciples about how to get into the right lane. Look at this. The Bible says, when Jesus was in the house, he, Jesus, asked them, what are you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way, they had argued about who was the greatest. He sat down and he called them around him and he said, anyone wanting to be the greatest must be the least, the servant of all. Next to the priorities of the Christ of the cross. It's time for his family, his his followers, you and me, to get into the serve lane. Jesus says, living in the right lane, the serving lane, is the way to greatness. So just look at this story. Here's Jesus and his disciples. They're walking. They're talking. Jesus hears them kind of arguing. They go to the house. They sit down at the dinner table and Jesus says, what are you talking about? What are you arguing about? He knew. (laughs) He's God. But he wanted them to come clean. And suddenly, dead silence. Nobody said a word. And Jesus says, guys, you're living in the wrong lane. Greatness comes from being a servant. The world tells you that If you want to be great, you've got to do this and this and this. But I'm telling you guys, if you want to be really great, it comes from being a servant. And at that moment, there must have been nothing happening but silence and shame. Because Jesus had just caught them. Being caught up in their own personal desires, own selfish desires and goals. Listen. The reality about greatness is this. The lane that leads to greatness is not paved with selfishness, but service. And that's what Jesus taught. That's what Jesus modeled all the way to the cross and on the cross. The way to greatness is to serve. And what did he do? He served you and me. That's the way to greatness. Folks, it's time to switch lanes. It's time to get out of the fast lane and get into the slow lane. It's time to stop speeding towards whatever we perceive to be personal greatness. When I get there, I'm going to be perceived as great. It's time to stop speeding there, and instead it's time to serve greatly. It's time to stop spending life just gathering for you. It's time to start giving to others. Jesus says, look at this, your care. He's not saying my care. He's saying your care for others is the measure of greatness. You want God to look down and say, there's a great person. This is how he measures you. It's how he measures me. He says your care for other people is the measure of your greatness. So let's talk about living in the slow lane this morning. In the slow lane, life's not about becoming great. It's about doing something great for somebody else. And yet the benefit is this. When you begin to serve others, you end up feeling great. Amen? Amen. You end up finding real inner joy. You find real inner happiness and purpose and, and, and significance. And that's what we all want. So what's it mean to really serve? Well, basically, you just see a need and you do what you can to meet it. And maybe you can't meet the whole need, but you do what you can to meet it. And you just use your time or whatever you have in your hand to do all you can to help meet that need. But some of you are thinking, but pastor, I am so busy. I don't have any time to give. I got three kids. I got four kids. Pastor, you don't understand. I don't have time. And yet the Bible says, if you try to keep your life for yourself, You will lose it. But if you give it up, give up your life, this is Jesus talking, for my sake and for the sake of spreading the good news, you will find life. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you said, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about this whole thing. He promises abundant life, real life and happiness and I haven't found it. Maybe this is the reason. Maybe this is the reason that you have not found true life. That abundant life that he promises, because life has been all about you. It's not about serving others. If you want to lose your life, just hang on to it by keeping it all for yourself. If you want to lose your life, just stay in the fast lane. Just head where you want to go. That's what Jesus is saying. But if you want to find true life, slow down and begin to serve. You know, if you want to grow into the person God created you to be, you've got to get into this slow lane. You're never going to grow spiritually just by coming to church and sitting here and soaking in what you hear. You're never really going to grow. I mean, you pull into the parking lot and you're late. You run in here 15 minutes late. Amen? Being honest? Come on. Some of you 10. Some of you are 15 minutes late. And you rush in here and you sit down and you say, oh, man, I need this, Pastor. I'm down. Bless me, Pastor. Inspire me pastor. Feed me pastor. That's called living in the fast lane. That's living a totally selfish life. I'm going to rush into church, I'm going to get a blessing and then I'm going to zoom out. That's selfish. That's that's living in the wrong lane. You're only searching for something to make you feel great again so that you can go into a new week, stay in the fast lane and keep speeding toward your personal goals. Which lane are you in? The fast lane or the slow lane? The selfish lane or the serve lane? Are you serving anyone? Are you using any of your time? Even a tithe of your time? Just a portion of your life to serve anybody? You know, I know some of you are living in the right lane. You are looking to serve others. You're not just searching for self-satisfaction. But not everybody is. But as your pastor, I care about your life. I care about your spiritual growth. I want to see you go to the next level with Jesus. I care about your eternal destiny. And I know that you will not grow if you're living, unless you're living in the serve lane. I know that you'll not experience real life until you live in the serve lane. And I know that one day you're going to stand before the Father and you're going to have to give an account to Him for which lane you lived in, the selfish lane or the serve lane. So my job is to encourage you to live in the same lane that Jesus lived in, the serve lane, greatest servant of all time. You see, Jesus is coming back. Amen? Jesus is coming back. And some of the things that he says has to happen before he comes to get his church are happening right now. And I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. We just might be the generation that misses death and meets Jesus face to face in the sky when he comes to rapture his church. Amen? Amen. We just might be the generation. And there's a lot of great Disney rides, but that's the ride I want to take. Amen? I want to see Jesus face to face in the air. But the question is, when he comes, will he find you living in the right lane, the slow lane, the serve lane? When he comes, will he find you following his plan or your plan? Or will he find you in this fast lane, the selfish lane? How's Jesus going to find you when he comes back? I want to be in the serving lane, folks, and I want to see you there as well. And so today, if you want to get in the right lane, if you want to follow Christ, if you want to begin serving so that at the end of your life, you can look back on what was truly a real, significant, abundant life, there's four things you need to do. First of all, write this down. First of all, stop making excuses. When you see opportunities to serve, stop making an excuse. Too often when we see a need, we excuse ourselves. God's people have done that down through time. When God wanted Moses to serve his people by by taking his people out of captivity to Egypt, God came up with, I mean, Moses came up with all kinds of excuses why he couldn't do it. God says, Moses, you're the guy. You're the man. Moses, use your time. Use your life to set them free. And Moses said, but God, I'm not a good speaker. God, I'm getting old. I've got arthritis in my hip. Got arthritis in my feet? You want me to walk in the desert and lead a million people out of of slavery? God, I sunburn. (laughs) No, Moses didn't say all that, but he did say, God, I'm not a good speaker. And he he made an excuse. What's your excuse? What keeps you from, from serving? And some might say, well, I don't have time. But everybody's got a time issue. Maybe you are too busy. Maybe you do need to take out the hatchet and chop some things out of your schedule. Maybe you need to pare down your your children's schedule. Maybe you are too busy. Some of us might say, well, I don't have the strength. I can't serve others right now because I I don't have the emotional strength or the physical strength or or, or, or the, the spiritual strength. But listen, the Bible says this. Paul is talking. He learned something. He says, for when I am weak, then I am strong." The less I have, the more I depend on him. He found out that God made him strong, even when he was weak. If you step out to serve in the midst of your weakness, I guarantee you God will meet you and God will strengthen you. When Moses stepped out and faced his weakness, God met him, strengthened him, and did all kinds of miraculous things through him. Was he any different than you and me? No. Ordinary person. And God says, if you'll step out in your weakness, I will meet you there. So, folks, let's stop making excuses. Let's find a way to serve God by serving other people. You know, there's needs all around us, not only in our church family, not only in our community, not only in our sister churches around the globe that we work with, but there are are needs everywhere. And right here in our church family, we need people to serve others by serving as greeters. Can you do this? (laughs) you're a greeter, can you do this, you're an usher, I mean, we need greeters and ushers and traffic directors, we need care group facilitators, we need painters, can you do this, we need painters, we need drivers to deliver welcome bags to our first-time guests, you know, we've learned over the years that 85% of the people that get a welcome bag hung on their door, we just fix up a nice little bag, and we run, go up and hang it on their door. We don't even say hi to them. We don't act, knock on their door. We just ding and ditch, you know? And, and we found out if we do that, 85% of those people come back and check us out again. Man, if they cared enough to come to my door, and they've had some goodies in my bag and some information in my bag, I'm going to go see them again. And yet, we don't have anybody to do that right now. We need somebody, they'll say, I'll come in on Monday mornings, I'll pick up some cards, I'll plug it into my GPS, and I'll do some driving, and and I'll do that kind of stuff. It says we value them. We need children's helpers, we need student small group leaders, we need cooks and food coordinators for the homeless and, and the hungry ministries. People in crisis, you know, home can't cook, just had surgery. Home, just had surgery, can't mow their lawn. We need people to help people in crisis. We need premarital counselors, more singers, more musicians, more caregivers. And and I could go on for a long time. There are so many ways to serve right here as well as in our community. So, folks, on this launch weekend, as we kind of kick off our our ministries new and fresh for this new year, we want to help you do two things. First of all, we want to help you get up. If you're struggling, we want you to go out to those tables as you leave today and find a way that we can minister to you. If you need a mentor, if you need to be in a small group, whatever, if you need to talk with a pastor, we want to help you get up and out of whatever you're struggling with. And so go find a way that we can minister to you. But also we want to give you a way that you can sign up, that you can give out to somebody else in this church family. That's what this launch weekend is all about. So check out those ministries that can serve you and ones where you can serve others. So here's our first question. Next to the priority of the Christ of the cross, which is for all of us to go into the world using what we have in our hands to make disciples, measure yourself now. Are you making excuses? I don't have time. I don't have the strength. I don't have the abilities. Measure yourself. You may want to hide it from your spouse or somebody sitting close to you. But circle something. Measure next to his priority for your life. To be a servant, to make disciples, are you making excuses? And some of you might have to say six, always, man, that's me, I'm making excuses. Second, to begin serving, start giving what you have. You know, I think we all dream of being the person who gives the big gift. <laughs> to see somebody who's in need, and we come along, and we just give out the big gift. Can't tell you how many times I've had people come out the front door and say, Pastor, I know the church is kind of thin on, on funds right now. When I hit the lotto, <laughs> I'm going to give a big gift. Never happens. Maybe I ought to talk to him about not gambling too. But But it doesn't have to be big. Look at this. Jesus says, if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, and that's talking about Fellow Christians, if we give a cup of water to each other, one of the struggling, he says, you will surely be rewarded. Just serving a, a cup of cold water to a follower who is thirsty, who's down, who's discouraged is a big deal to them, and it's a big deal to God. God says, if you just do that small thing, help somebody in a need, in a small way, he says, I will reward you. And all God's people said, Amen. God sees that. But in our culture, we've bought into the idea we've got to go big or go home. If we can't help somebody all the way out of their misery, we're just going to sit on the side of the road. We're going to sit on the shoulder and do nothing. We just go home. But one of my favorite things about this church family is to watch so many of you serve in small ways that nobody ever even knows about. Every weekend, there are people who come early who get here early and unlock the building, check all the thermostats, vacuum up all the leaves out of of the courtyard and, and take all the leaves out of the fountain and the baptistry so it looks great, just to get it ready for all of you. And between the services, people are making fresh coffee and hauling out tables just to minister to you. And long after you're gone, when everybody else is gone, there are people that are cleaning all of that up and checking every door and locking every door and setting up all the alarms and walking away and saying it was a good day in the house of the Lord. Now, lots of these people are business owners, high up in management, maybe even a CEO of the company during the week. But on the weekends, they come on and they put on an apron. And they serve you. They give a cup of cold water to you. Amen. They're willing to, to humble themselves and serve you. And that is just awesome to me. They're not making excuses. They're giving what they have. Just some time. And God not only uses them, but God says, I see them. And I will surely reward them. So when you're, when you're serving, no, God looks at your heart. Not the size of your service, but the size of your heart. The Bible says the Lord sees every heart and understands and knows every plan and every thought. It's not the size of the serving opportunity. It's not the size of the gift you can give. It's what's in your heart. Oh, God, I can't. Oh, I've got to make stinking coffee for all those people again today. I've got to put out those signs again today. God knows your heart. It's not the size of the opportunity he's looking at. It's your heart. The truth is, we have lots of people here serving in lots of small ways. And if you're serving in any way, I just want to say publicly, I want to say thank you. Thank you. And God is going to reward you. Amen. He's going to reward you. Here's, Here's the next question. Next to the priority of the Christ of the cross, which is for all of us to go into the world, use what we have in our hands to make disciples, how are you doing at using what you have? To serve others. How are you doing it? Using just some of your time to serve other people. How are you doing? Measure. Third, to be in serving, then share the work with other people. When it comes to serving, join others who are serving. You don't have to serve alone. Join others who are serving. Or see a need and invite people to join you in serving. Because when it comes to serving, we are so much better together than we are ever alone. The Bible says this, and he, Jesus, called his 12 disciples together, and then he sent them out two by two. From the very beginning, Jesus insisted on his church serving together. Now, when, it, when you come to Canyon Hills, I know that sometimes it probably looks like the Larry show, or the Carlos show, or the David show, or the, or the Calvin show, whoever is up front. But many are serving together to serve all of you who come. There are graphic people, audio people, video people, music people. There are teams of people working together just to serve this church family. And because we serve together, not only does the work get done, but it's a whole lot more fun. Those of us that are serving to get get things done for you and get ready for you to come, we're having a blast. We're working together to see what God might do every weekend. And it just keeps us from getting also from getting burned out when we work together. And, and, and if one of us needs to bail for a bit, we've got backup because we're not working alone. We're working together. And so the, the job still gets done. God wants us to serve as a family together. We are better together. Now, if you are sitting on the shoulder, you are missing an incredible opportunity to connect and bond with the family of God. Sometimes people say, well, I just couldn't seem to connect at this church, and so I'm going to try another church. But you know what? They're they're not going to connect at the next church if they don't get into the right lane, if they don't get into the slow lane, if they don't get into the serve lane and bond and serve with other people. They're not going to connect with anybody. It's when you're serving together that the joy comes, that the excitement comes, that life comes. As you're serving together to help people in the name of Jesus, that's where real life comes from. When you serve with others. That's when you connect. You know, it's when you serve together that you make great friends. And I've noticed that's why when people come back from our mission trips, that they're so excited. Because they've not only connected with the people they went to serve, they've connected with the people they went to serve with, and they connected with the God that they served. Amen? And they come back so excited because they've been serving together. They've connected in a lot of different ways. And the Bible says, now there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. God has given all of us different kinds of gifts to use in serving other people. But I wonder sometimes how many people sitting here today are going to go to their grave with never having experienced the thrill of, of serving the way that God designed you to serve. When you find that niche, there is no greater thrill. And don't miss out on that thrill of of serving the way God made you to serve. Don't let that happen to you. So here's the next question. Next to the priority of the Christ of the cross, how are you joining with others to serve? From the very beginning, the Christ of the cross, the greatest servant of all time, says, I'm going to send you guys out two by two. That's how I want you to serve. I, we're better together. How are you doing at joining other people in serving? Measure. How are you doing? And then last this morning, when you've stopped making excuses, you've started giving what you have, you're sharing the work with others, then it's time, look at this, to sit down and rest. And all of God's people said, <laughs> amen. It's time to sit down and rest. Surely be the first one to say that when Larry goes home on, sun, on Sunday, I'm on the couch in the afternoon. (laughs) I'm laying down and taking some rest. When, When some people start serving, it feels so good. It feels so right that some decide to never stop and rest. And even though when they get so tired and close to burnout, they look around and they see that the needs are so great, there's so much more to do that they just keep going. But, folks, that's dangerous. Jesus modeled that we're to take time to rest. Because if serving is about making me more like Jesus, I need to follow the model of Jesus who rested. And I need time to be with Jesus. You need time to be with Jesus. You see, lots of people serve at the expense of their relationship with Jesus. A lot of pastors fall into that trap trying to meet all of the needs of the church family. But there's times we've got to just get alone and be with Jesus. Times when we need physical rest. Listen, Jesus never meant for the serve lane to be littered with burned out people lying all over the freeway. He wants you to learn to serve and rest, serve and rest, so that you can serve well for your whole life. So look what Jesus did. Last scripture. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour. He had sent them out. Now they came back. And told him all that they had done and what they had taught. And Jesus said, let's get away from the crowds for a while and rest. There were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't have time to even eat. So here's what they did. They left by a boat for a quieter spot. All these people. Sick. Hungry. People needed counseling. People needed prayer. They wanted to hear Jesus teach. And Jesus took off. Said, guys, let's go take a nap. (laughs) What? You see, Jesus understood if they're going to serve others well for the long haul, there comes a time when you need to rest. Serving is just part of God's plan for your life. If you never stop, if you never get alone, you will crash and burn. And so sometimes we need sleep. Sometimes we need time to seek God. And that's what gets you ready to serve. So take time to rest. So here's the last question. Next to the priority of the Christ of the cross which is for us to go out and make more and better disciples, are you taking time to rest after you have served? Measure yourself. Write it down. Are you taking time to get away and rest? To begin serving, get in the right lane. Get in the slow lane. Get into the serve lane. Folks, the bottom line is this. Don't wake up one day and realize that you've spent your whole life in the wrong lane. Jesus is coming. Get in the right lane. Get into the serve lane. Because serving is what matters to Jesus. Serving is how he measures your greatness, my greatness. The greatest servant of all time is saying the way to greatness in my measuring system is service. Folks, on this launch weekend, I want you to go out to the ministry tables. I want you to look at some opportunities. I want you to enjoy some great snacks and great food. I want you to have some fun. I want you to spend some time fellowshipping. And I don't, I don't want you to, I know some of you, Sundays, man, the door's open. Phew, you're out of here. But today I want you to stay a little bit, okay? Stay. And I'm watching. <laughs> stay. And look at some opportunities where you can get ministered to and some ways where you can minister to other people. As I pray this prayer, would you just pray it in your heart as we begin this new year? Father, I want to give you my best. I want to give my best to others. Help me to serve because serving matters to you. Father, help us to come to that place where we realize that that's how you measure us. That's your measuring system for our lives. Are we caring for others in the name of Jesus? So, Father, that's what we want to do. Help us, empower us, I pray, in your precious and holy name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. amen.